The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, John said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. growing up, my family always had a cat or two, but I always thought it would be neat to have something a little larger, like maybe a lion or a tiger. Of course, you can't own an animal like that, at least not for long. The instinct those large cats have to hunt and eat is just too great. They're too dangerous to keep in a house. One time, while I was serving in Peterborough, people's small dogs started disappearing after a lynx escaped from the zoo. There's no real mystery about where those unfortunate dogs went. For now, we just accept the existence of, of a food chain, and wishing to remain at the top, we're happy to respectfully admire many of God's creatures safely from behind a fence. As we accept a food chain, we also accept Conflict, poverty, natural disasters, and death as just part of our experience. But it won't always be this way. We just heard the prophet Isaiah present an image of how God wishes his creation to work. 
And the prophet finishes his image by saying, they will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. When God gets his way and all creation is restored, there will be no predator or prey, no injustice or conflict. It won't even be necessary to guess at what's in the minds and hearts of others. Those of us wishing to pet a lion will even have the chance to do so without threat. This image Isaiah presents of animals and children all living harmoniously together without fear or danger sounds amazing. This kind of peace is what God has planned for his creation. And I'm sure that each person here looks forward to that peace. But there's a great gap between that image and what we experience in life. And each time we hear of some natural disaster or war, whenever we witness the effects of addiction, disease, poverty, or any other evil, we're reminded of this great gap. It's an experience that's in no way new. Those living during the earthly life of Jesus endured the very same experiences. Like us, they longed for that peaceful image of the prophet Isaiah to be realized, and like us, they too wondered about what should be done while waiting for the restoration of creation. Shortly before Jesus began his public ministry, God sent the greatest prophet of all, John the Baptist, and through this prophet, God gives those who wait for the restoration of creation some direction. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. In a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate our reconciliation service. It's been a long while since we've celebrated this kind of celebration here. It will be an opportunity for us as a community to pray and examine our conscience Father Darlington, myself, and a couple guest priests will be here to offer the Sacrament of Reconciliation. This is just how Christians prepare the way of the Lord. It's how we follow the serious command of John the Baptist and get ourselves ready for the coming of our Savior. I haven't really done anything bad since my last confession. We've all thought this. But this thought dismisses the fact that we aren't always aware of all the connections we have with others and with the rest of creation. I think of those tradespeople who built the residential schools or those who unknowingly voted for politicians who upheld policies that supported those schools. These people can't at all be blamed for what happened. But there was clearly a flawed system that every Canadian was connected to. So when I witness injustice or homelessness, lonely people who have surrendered hope, or families who struggle through poverty, war, or the effects of climate change, I have to wonder if I or any of us could be unknowingly connected to systems that uphold such evils. None of us may be to blame, and none of us may be able to directly do anything about these evils. But there's a clear need for a savior who shows us the way to true peace. It doesn't matter if we've done anything especially bad since our last confession or not. It doesn't matter if there's no discernible link 
between what we confess and the problems of the world. The world needs reconciliation, and in the confessional, we do our part to make his paths straight. In one image of what Jesus is like, we hear about how the good shepherd doesn't just seek out that one sheep that has gone astray. He brings the lost back to the fold, back to the kingdom where all rejoice over the mercy one has received. If we are all connected, parts of systems that make a difference in the lives of others and the natural workings of our world, then through Jesus, our small efforts in the confessional make a very real difference, not just for ourselves, but for all. This is what we celebrate in the confessional. It's why our church recognizes true reconciliation not as a private affair, but worthy of celebration in our churches with God's priests. So to get ready for our reconciliation service, you'll find in the next bulletin links to different versions of an examination of conscience for different age groups. There'll be paper copies available here next weekend and at the reconciliation service too. I invite you to use these tools to prayerfully reflect on your conscience to see where you might receive forgiveness and contribute to the reconciliation our world desperately needs. This isn't an exercise in clinging to the wounds and failings of the past, but of looking to that future of peace the prophet Isaiah describes and doing our part to invite our Savior to guide us to that restored and reconciled creation. Maker of all, your creation and your people cry out for true reconciliation. Our world is filled with hurt and pain. Your people are divided in many ways and need healing. Send your spirit to fill us with a desire for your peace, and as we prepare to celebrate the entry of your Son into our world at Christmas, inspire us to follow the example and command of John the Baptist to be ready for his coming. Through our Lord and Savior, we offer this prayer. Amen.